Wonderful praise team. Wonderful praise team. We are already in a special season for our church. God's going to create, and that's what I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. God's going to create in you such hunger for Him, such hunger for His Word. You just want to be with Him. That's the new season that God's ushering into this church in the name of Jesus. You will have a desire for God, a love for God. A desire to be with him that you have never experienced before. That's coming to you. He's going to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he is with us. He will walk with us. He is taking us to a higher place. And you are there with me and we're going together. And the Holy Spirit is going to walk mightily among us. And you need to believe it with me because that's what God's going to do with us. We are going to a higher place with God. We are going to a higher place with God. Satan's plans, his deceit, and all of those things will be exposed. And freedom is coming into your life. Financial freedom is coming into your life. Your freedom in your relationship, better relationship, if that's your desire, God's bringing that into our lives. That's what the Lord is going to do. We have entered into a special season with God here at the Ark Fellowship. And many are going to experience, I really believe God, get ready. Get ready. Get ready to minister. Get ready because God's going to be bringing people. You know, the Bible says, my pe- your people have made themselves ready. So the time to bless them is here. And that time is right here. So get yourself ready to minister to people. The time for sitting around, doing nothing, just coming to hear a sermon, that's gone. You are a child of God. God's placed something in your heart. You have something to offer. Like Angela said, you have something to offer to the world. God made you the light of the world. God made you the salt of the earth. You are a Christian. You are not ordinary. We need to get up and be happy knowing that God is with us. And if God be for us, no one can be against us. No demon can harass us. We are children of the living God. God has redeemed us with the blood of the Lamb. We are covered and surrounded with favor as with a shield. That's what we are. God's blessed us. Now stand up. We're going to go to a confession. Yeah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens me I hear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not jealous, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please sit down. Thank you so much. I'm glad to have the visitors here this morning. The Spirit of God is going to be moving mightily among us. And let me say this. 
If you had a word of prophecy last Sunday, I mean, God spoke to you. That word, I think I got that in my heart, that's going to be fulfilled. Hold on to it. That's going to be fulfilled. Whatever word of prophecy was given to you, God's going to make it come to pass. Let me tell you this. God's still speaking to people today. God's still speaking to his children today. God still speaks. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We can still hear his voice today. Why? Because he is risen from the dead. He is alive forevermore. And he is still speaking. You can hear the voice of Jesus. And God still speaking through his children. So if you receive the word of prophecy, don't just brush it aside. It is going to come to pass. That word's going to come to pass. You know, we give a word, we pray for the people, and we leave. We don't take responsibility. I don't know how God's going to take, take care of the problem. I go home and sleep. Now I pass it on to the Holy Spirit who doesn't sleep. Amen. And he goes home with them and he walks with them and fulfills his word. That's the God that we serve. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by His Spirit. And the Spirit is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. You better move with Him or He move you out of the way. He's moving. The Spirit of God is moving. That's not my sermon. Today, I want to speak on message title, A Desperate Cry for Divine Help. A Desperate Cry for Divine Help. I know if you're like me, you're happy, you're doing your stuff, you just came back from work, and you're doing so well, things went so well, uh, a place of work, maybe they've even told you about some kind of promotion that may come in the future. You're happy about it. And then you go to the mailbox and you take the mail and you open one letter. And what you're reading changes everything. Now you are in a place where you're so desperate. You need help. And the situation, some of us are in situations that you cannot do anything about. And so some of us have learned to live with it. We feel we can't do anything about it. So why bother? He's been there for so many years. And you think in your mind, if this can only change, my life would be better. I mean, it's there. If this can only go away, if this problem can only be resolved, my life would be better. I'll feel so much better about life. I will feel so much fulfilled in life. But I'm saying to you today, don't learn to live with it. Don't learn to live with it. 
If there is a fear in your life, don't learn to cope with it. If there is some sickness that's coming to your body and you can't do anything about it, don't learn to stay with it. You gotta, you have a God. You have a God. He is real. God is. God is. I'm gonna go for my message this morning, going through Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, his story, from Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Many times when we read of people in the scriptures, we don't realize that they were just as human as you are. Human beings. The only difference between them and the rest of the world in their time, they had the God of Israel. That was the difference. But they were just like us, human beings. And, 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 and Jehoshaphat the king. He says that he heard a message. Things were going well, but then a message came. Something came to his attention. Someone came to him with the news, a bad news. He says, they said to him, a great multitude is coming against you. Someone came to him and said, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. From Syria. And get it. They are there. Coming at you. And he says. Jehoshaphat feared. He set himself. To seek the Lord. He feared. You know fear. Fear has some negative power in it. There's power in fear. A negative power in it. Dread that brings you not only fear, but dismay. What what am I going to do? He said he feared. So even though, I know we've heard many times how terrible to have fear, but when your fear drives you to seek God, that's a good fear. If God scares you with something enough to seek Him, may He constantly scare you if you never seek Him. May He pursue you with, with fear until you seek Him. Because when the trouble is over, you will be living on a higher plane with God. Any life. When the fear drives you to God, that is something beautiful. Because God will change your life and take that situation away from you. And when it's true, your faith is higher. You walk on a higher plane with God and with man. You got favor with God and with man. When it drives you to seek God, may your fear drive you to seek Him. You know what He did? He not only feared, He proclaimed the fast for the whole nation. 
for men, husbands and wives and their children. Everybody fasted. It was a serious matter. They were about to lose their lives. And you may not be losing your life physically, but the problem you have, you are in a desperate situation. You can't do anything about it. There is nobody to call that will help. All they will say, oh, we're praying for you. Have you heard that before? We're praying for you. But it still don't make you feel good. The pain is still there. The dread is still there. And you're wondering, I need help. And believe me, there is only one person to go to. God! Set yourself to seek His face. Set yourself to seek His face. And and if possible, fast! If it's a family issue, call every member of the family. Let them all say, hey children, I'm telling you, we have a difficulty. Guess what? The Heavenly Father is watching from heaven. He knows what's going on down there. He knows that you're scared. He knows what's happening. Bring the family together. Let's fast and pray. That's what they did for the whole nation. Call everybody if it's possible. Spend some time. Don't go in your depressive mode and hide yourself away. Talking to nobody. You can talk to people. They can help you. But there's only one to go to. God, set yourself. I'm going to seek God in this matter. That's a good thing. That's a good place to be. And listen, he will hear you. The moment, the Bible says, before you call, I hear it. Before you set yourself to seek me. You remember Daniel? He says, to the angel said, from the very first day, you began to fast. The answer was given. The very first day, you set yourself to seek his faith. God paid attention. You've never tried it. Try it. Try it. With the problem, go to God. There is a God in heaven. Otherwise, this is all a game. But it's not. Because Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive. He is seated at the Father's right hand. There is a man sitting with the Godhead. And he knows everything about us. And cares so much about us. And wants to free us. He's set himself to see God and he proclaimed a fast. And everybody gathered together. Amen? They gathered together. Not too long ago, Angela and I, we had a very tough situation in our hand. And, and then we gathered together. The kids were in school. But I told the, fa- the father, you are part of our family. You belong, you are the head of this house. You are the God of this house. You built this house. This family, we are all yours. Now we have an issue. We can't handle it ourselves. We are looking to you. 
you will help us. You will help us. That's the first thing. He feared. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowing who to go to when things overwhelm you is wisdom. That's wisdom. You can run from pillar to post. Looking for somebody, you won't find anyone that can help you like God can. Nobody. And you won't find anybody that cares more about your situation than God himself. You never. Going around is a waste of time. But going to God who knows the problem intimately and understands what's going on and has the power to free you, that's wisdom to go to Him. He had wisdom. Great wisdom. He set Himself not half-heartedly, calling some other kings, you know, to help while seeking God. Many of us do that. Right? Not totally focused on God. We have plan B. <laughs> In case God fails. Yeah. <laughs> we got plan B. For the Christian, there are no plan Bs. He is the only plan. That's the only one to go to. And he never fails. He never fails. I'm going to share in this message, oh Lord, I'm going to share in this message seven things from this story, seven secrets, divine secrets from this story that you can latch onto and hold onto. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Amen? God is not a respecter of persons. So if you do, as he says in his word, he will respond. I'm telling you, God will respond. And you're no different from Jehoshaphat. You can call on his name and he will answer from heaven. Seven things. As we go through the story, what Jehoshaphat did. After they all gathered, and then being the king, he began to pray on the behalf of the nation. He started talking to God. In, 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 in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5, it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah, and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. Where was he standing? In the house of the Lord. Guess where, what your house is? Your house is the house of the Lord. If you haven't made your house the house of the Lord, today repent and make your house the house of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear it again? Can I hear it again? Repent and make your house... The God's house. 
So stand with your children. Amen? And if you don't have a child, you married, stand with your wife. And if you're alone, stand. <laughs> and you will not be alone. Amen? Stand. He stood. In the house of the Lord. Before the court. And he said, I like the word court. Hello? Yes. Have you ever been to court? <laughs> Before they sit, the throne room, the judgment seat of God. Amen? That's what the Bible tells us. It says, Second Corinthians, Corinthians, I think 4 verse 6. Come boldly. That's Hebrews, sorry. Hebrews 4 verse 6. It says, 16, sorry. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Remember? Come boldly, Hebrews 4 verse uh, 16. Come boldly. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. It's a throne that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. You come boldly before the court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Notice what he didn't do. He didn't come before God and started just asking what we do as soon as we get in his presence. He's like, give me this, give me this. And God, can you do this? Can you do this for me? This and that and that. Give me, me, me. That's not what he did. The first thing he did was to acknowledge who God is. He acknowledged who God is. Are you not the God of heaven? He was telling God, reminding God. God, you are the God of heaven. Are you not the God of heaven? And then he's, the enemies, uh, uh, Ammon, uh, Moab, and Mount Seir, three kings, they've come against me. To destroy us. To destroy your inheritance. And multitudes have come up against us. Are you not the God of heaven? And do you not rule in the kingdoms of men? You rule all these kings. You are their Lord. You are their God. They are under your control. He is reminding God. That cancer is... He is God over Amen? He is God over that problem that you have. He is God. He rules in the kingdoms of men. That's what he's telling him. God, are you not the God of heaven? You live, you are above the, he who is from above is above all. You are God. You have power over all of this. He said, you got the might. In other words, he said, I know you can do it. 
I know who you are. I know. He's like that, that uh, centurion. He says, you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to come to my house. Stick to word. I know who you are. Just speak the word. And my servant will be healed. So he is telling God, you are the God of heaven. All of these things are under your control. Financial difficulties, money and all of that. They are under your control. You got everything. You got everything. You are God over them. And you rule. Guess who he is? He is the king of kings. And the Lord of lords. He owns everything. God says everything is mine. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. He owns everything. He is telling him, you are God. You rule over all of these kings. You rule over them. And you have the power. You can change my situation. You can kill that cancer in his path. You can kill that chest pain. Whatever it is, you can destroy all of those. That's what he's saying. You are God. You are the God of all of these kings. But then the next thing he says, you see, you rule over the nations of, of, of all these people that have come against me. But you see, you, who is all, you belong to us. You are ours. You are their God. And our God. But you, you belong to us. That's what he says. He acknowledged that God is their God. He said in verse 7, Are you not our God? You rule over them. And you have control over all of this. But you see, you belong to us. You are a family member. Amen. That's what's so clear. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not know what. He is part of the house. He is part of our house. You belong to us. That's number two. He reminded God... You, are, you belong to us. You are ours. You are our God. Are you not our God? And then he told God, you drove out the inhabitants of the land. You know, I liken that to your salvation. Amen? He drove out Satan from your life. When you receive Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior, God drove out the power of the enemy over your life. No more this old way of thinking. No more those old things that you used to do. do. No more going to the places that God detests. No more doing things that God doesn't want. And things that God hates. He changed you. He drove those things out of your life. He took them out of your life. When you became a Christian, He freed you from all of that. No more. He says, now they are trying to take back the territory you gave us. And you are our God. 
Well, we may have want in the past. Amen? But now, God has kicked that away from our lives. Now we can trust him. Are you not our God? Who drove out the inhabitants of the land before you, for, before your people, Israel? And gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. Guess what Jesus is giving to us? Friendship with God. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. You are a friend of God. Do you expect God's friend to be having a hard time? If you have a friend, a trusted friend, and you are having a hard time, and he didn't even show up, they're human friends, right? (laughs) You don't want a friend like that, right? (laughs) God has made you his friend. And I guarantee you, when whatever you're going through, you tell your friends, right? If it's a real trusted friend, you'll tell them. You know, like sometimes we think in a carnal way. It is a carnal way. A carnal. Because if you have financial problem and Bill Gates is your friend, are you not going to call him? <laughs> Some of us won't even wait before we get the phone. You're darling. And if he says, okay, uh, I'm coming tomorrow to see you, guess what? You feel like <laughs> that problem is solved, financial problem, right? We got a God. God has made us his friend, and he is our God. Third thing. Remind God of his promises. Notice he didn't tell it. He just reminded God of what God had said. Remind God of his promises. Hosea, I believe, uh, chapter 14, verse 2, says, Take words with you and return to the Lord. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Remind him of what he has said concerning you. I believe Isaiah 43, verse 20 says, God says, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case. You remember, before the court, right? State your case. So that you may be acquitted. Put me in remembrance. God doesn't forget. But it's your responsibility. To put God in remembrance. God says let us contain together. What's happening to me. Is not like what I read in the covenant. Amen. That's contention. God you said this. But this is what's going on and it's contrary to what I read in your book. That's what it meant. Contend with him. Put me in remembrance. 
God said, let us contend together. Not just asking, that's not what Jehoshaphat did. He contended with God. He said, you gave us the land. You gave us the blessing. Now they are trying to take the place from us. Contrary to what you said. And then he reminded God in this, this verse, verse 8. He says, and they dwell in it and built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Saying, if disaster, can I hear the word disaster? If disaster comes upon us, sword Judgment, pestilence, famine. These are things that come against us. God has said to them, no. When they come, and they will come into your life. He said, God said, if we stand in this place and we cry out to you, you promise you will hear us and save us. So he's contending with God. What's happening now is contrary to what you said. In other words, they are trying to fight you. Amen. <laughs> They're trying to fight you. And if you know the next verse, it says, Are you not going to judge them? Are you not going to judge them? It's like a court, right? Won't you pronounce a sentence? May God pronounce a sentence against that thing that's coming against your life in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? Whatever it is, that Satan has come against you. Pestilence, famine, no, that famine means want. Whatever it is, May God pronounce a judgment against it and destroy it out of your life because it's contrary to his will. May God pronounce a judgment. In verse 12, he says, that's 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12, Oh, our God. Can you see that? He's reminding God. You are the one. You belong to us. You got all the power. Our God, will you not judge them? Will you not judge them? Will you not judge this cancer? Because it is written in your word, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Will you not judge them? This trouble, you said, great peace will be upon your children. Now you see all kinds of turmoil. And you go to God. That's not what I read in the, in the covenant. Will you not judge this, this harmony? Amen. If you're not excited, I am. Will you not judge them? And we are dealing with the same God. We come to church to learn how the ways of the Lord. And this is God's way. Yes, I gave my life to you. 
But now, all this crazy stuff is come back into my life. Now I got this addiction. That's not your will. God, will you not judge them? She's making an offering to the Lord for the word. Will you not judge this thing? The enemy is trying to destroy my life. You said you will give me life in abundance. I don't feel that abundance life. Hey God, can you hear me? Will you not judge this thing? That's the way we pray. He never asked for anything. He's telling God, this is who you are. This is what I know you can do. How come I'm in this? That's what your word says. How come I'm in this situation? This is unlike you, God. Are you not going to pass judgment? You got control. You can change anything. Amen. You can change anything. From this very day on, no matter what the enemies come against your life with, I speak as a servant of God. God will judge that thing in your life and cast it out of your life and give you peace and make you stand strong and you will get to know Him. You will go to Him. He will hear you from heaven. He will bless you and your family and everything that belongs to you. Because He has promised in His word, whatever you set your hands to do will prosper. Whatever you set your hands to do will prosper. Yes. Sometimes evil things come to us. And then you're lured to doing something was evil. Don't excuse it. Don't say it's okay. No, it's not okay. If it's sin, it's going to destroy you. Jesus dealt with that. So remain God in this word. Didn't you say in your word, sin shall not have dominion over me? How come I'm struggling with this addiction? How come? Will you not judge it? Great shall be the peace. He says in righteousness you shall be established. In righteousness, God wants to establish your family. God wants to establish your life. God wants you planted in a, on a solid rock. And now you are so shaky because of all kinds of issues. The waves are coming at you. The wind is blowing. And you think you're not going to be able to survive. <laughs> but you're not alone. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Are you not our God? You are our God. Will you not judge them? Will you not judge them? That's how we prayed. Oh Lord God. My time is so good. Okay. God will judge them. He says, will you not judge them? For we have no power. How many desperate here? How many desperate you go? You're in a desperate situation. That's a good place to be. If you're seeking God, amen. He says, here in this word, for we have no power. I feel powerless against what's coming at me. There's nothing I can do about it. What can I do? God, I don't have strength. That's what it says. 
for we have no power. Not just me, every one of we have no power against this great multitude that has come against us. Nor do we know what to do. We don't know what to do. That's what I talked about. Desperate cry to God for divine help. And you get it. Desperate cry. We don't know what to do. A good place to be. Because now you set yourself to seek him. And when you seek him with all of your heart, God said, you'll find me. And when you find him, the problem knows to disappear. He is God. He is God. Then he says, we do not know what to do. But our eyes, where our eyes are upon you. Can you say that with me? Our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. We are not looking anywhere else. If you don't help us, he's all over. Our eyes are upon you. When you get in that place, your deliverance is so close, you don't even know it. Your deliverance is so close. Because God is not a man that he should lie. God hates it. When you even consider and think whether or not this was true. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that should go back on his word. If he said, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good. I know that. And I remind him. That's what you said, oh God. You are not a man that you should lie. If you said it, you are going to do it. And I believe what you said. And I'm standing my ground. I'm calling on you. I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm looking straight to you. I'm not going to be distracted in any way. If something else at this side, you look around a little bit, says, hey, you are not my problem. Hey, back to God. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. It says, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children, they stood before the Lord. <laughs> Tell that baby to stop crying, okay? <laughs> How many believe God's going to hear their prayers this morning? No matter what's going on, God will hear from heaven. No matter how far you've gone, we serve a living God and He will answer from heaven. Every time, every time you pray, every time you pray, and you really see God's face, He will speak. God will speak. God will give a word. God is going to give a word. I'm going to try to hurry up, finish this sermon. 
It says, Jehaziel, while the king was speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon one person. That's, fun, that's good. That last Sunday, we have at least 10 people that received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues right here. That was incredible. The Holy Spirit spoke. He says, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you king, Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Remember the first thing was fear he had? When God shows up, he kicks out the fear. You know, Psalm 34, he says it very clearly that this poor man cried out to God and God delivered him from all of his fears. He says, don't be afraid. Don't allow yourself to be dismayed. You know what dismay is? He's like, it's over. I can't do anything. So you're just looking down, feeling down, feeling depressed. God says, don't allow yourself. I'm going to kick that out of your life. Don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Because of this great multitude. Don't be dismayed. Because of this sickness that's latched onto your body. Don't be dismayed because of what's happening to your finances. Don't be afraid. Amen. Because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. But God's. The battle is not yours, but God. You know, God answered the, the king. You know what the king said? He said, God, you were the one that promised. Right? You said this to us. This is what you said. You promised that you will deliver if we cry out to you. You gave us this land. Now they are trying to take the land that you gave to us. And God replied, hey, okay, I heard it. Stand aside. Stand aside. The, the fight is not yours. They are challenging my promises and I'm going to fight. Can I hear an amen? What they are doing is against me, not you. Amen. What they are doing is not against you. They are doing it against me. I gave my promise. Now they are coming against my promise. Stand aside. I'll fight for myself. Amen. I'll fight for myself. Let me share something with you. The Bible says the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. From the foundation of the world? It means God knew what was going to happen to Adam. God knew that Adam would fall. So he took care of everything from way back there. God knew that you would be at the Ark Fellowship this morning. He knew that. God knew. He knew you. He says of Jeremiah, I knew you before your mother conceived you. He knew him. God planned it from beginning for our redemption. The lamb was slain 
from the foundation. The fight started up there. The enemy rose up against God in heaven, right? You remember, that's where the fight began. And he couldn't do stuff in heaven. Now he's trying to do on the earth what he couldn't do up there. He's trying to cause confusion in our lives. Because he knows God loves us, right? And so God made a way. And every time he comes against you, he's coming against what God wants. And God, the fight is not yours, right? The fight is not yours. Many times you think it's a fight. No, you're not. Stand aside. That's why the scripture says, be still. And know that I am God. Sit down and watch this. And see how God kicks the problem out of your life. Sit down. That's what it is. God says the fight is not yours. And God says you do not need to fight in this battle. You don't need. You don't need to fight. You don't need to fight with the cancer. Hello? You don't need to fight with the symptoms. You don't need to fight with the financial difficulty. You don't need to fight with the problem that is causing you distress. God says he will fight for you. And that's a victorious fight. That's why we are more than conqueror. He fights the battle and we win. (laughs) We are more than conquerors. God says you don't have to fight. Position yourselves to watch and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is what? Who is with you? He is our God. He is with us. I'm going to go quickly. It says, believe. That's number six. Believe in the word of the prophets. The king himself said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be what? Believe in the Lord your God. Are we sleeping? Wake up now. (laughs) Believe in the Lord your God, and we will be what? Established. And then believe his prophets, and you what? You will prosper. How many want to prosper? Well, I told you from the beginning, we are entering into a new season at the Ark Fellowship. With a greater hunger for God. We can do more. You know, the battle was kind of funny. God says, you don't have to fight. All you have to do, get some singers. Get some singers. And um, the first thing they did after the prophecy, they, they all fell to their face, including the king. And they worshipped God, okay? <laughs> Many of us will say, I can't do that. I'm so dignified. <laughs> you haven't been in real trouble yet. When you've been in real trouble, you'll, you'll forget about your dignity. You'll be on your face. But they fell on their face. And they worshipped God after the prophecy came. And God said, all you need to do now is sell a singers. Singers. And put them at the front. And go for battle. And this is how you fight. This is how 
where's Amy? This is how, <laughs> where's that song go? This is how I find my battle. Oh, this is how we find my battle. Yes, I like it. This is how we find my battle. Yes, God says the way you fight your battle, sing. Some of us sing. Some of us make joyful noise. It doesn't matter. We sing. We sing to the Lord. It's funny. When you look at the story, those guys were coming in with their chariots and their swords and all that. And these guys are saying, praise the Lord. Pray, and they're singing, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the other, the army is saying, huh? What's going That's the way they're going to fight? Singing? Oh, yes. Praise. Can you say it with me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's how we win our battle. We praise Him. Praise the Lord. 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 Hey, they're drawing closer. What is wrong with them? Is this the way they're going to fight? We got chariots. We got horsemen. We got sword. We got shield. And these guys just want to sing. Before long, God had wiped them all off. Everyone destroyed. You know, after the, those armies, all of them were all destroyed. God said, no, you guys go in and pick up this poor. <laughs> Everything that they left behind. Gold. Silver. All kinds of goodies. You know how many days it took them to gather their goodies? God gathered all his enemies. And he says, don't forget your gold. Bring it along with you to war. All things work together for what? <laughs> Even if it seems like he's killing you, he's gonna, he, they went with their money and everything to war and left everything behind. They all died. He took them three days to gather this poor. Three days to gather this poor. You see, God can make you rich overnight. Amen. You struggle for many years. And in one night of saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you are rich. It sounds funny, but, but, but that's the way God works. Haven't you heard? He works in a mysterious way. That's one of the mysteries. Okay, now by your hands. <laughs> I took my liberty today. Thank you, Lord. And thanks for being gracious. If you're here today and you haven't committed all to the Lord Jesus, you can make that happen today. There's so much good God wants to bring into your life. Commit to the Lord totally. Don't look to the right or to the left. Like the scripture says, our eyes are upon you. Set your eyes upon God today. Don't look to men, just set your eyes upon God. At the count of three, if that's you, you want to commit totally to God. No more games. You want to totally serve Him. 
At the count of three, would you put your hand up quickly and put it down? One, two, three. Put your hand up. See those hands. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. Would everyone stand, please? I also believe God wants to heal. And sometimes we're talking about just physical healing, emotional healing. That can be very painful. It's deep inside of you. If you're suffering emotionally, maybe for, as a result of an abuse in the past, believe me. I said, believe me. God can resolve that right here, this morning. God can take that away from you. All you need to do is come up here and ask somebody to pray for you and God will destroy that. Sometimes you're doing things and you wonder, why am I doing this? I know it's bad, but I don't, can't help myself. God can free you from whatever emotional damage that occurred to you in the past. God can do it right here this morning. If you're sick physically, you have back pain or whatever pain, I believe God wants to heal you. And I need you to believe with me because no, Jesus is here with us this morning. And he wants to do what he does best. Make us well. Amen. He wants to do that. So everyone that raised your hand to receive Christ, I pray that God will have spoken to you and that you really mean fully, I'm going to serve God. It's so important that you serve him with all of your heart. For me and my house, we will serve God. We are going to serve him. Pray with me, every one of you. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for offering yourself as the sacrifice for my sins. I believe in you as Savior. You have saved me this morning from my sins. God, my Father, forgive me my sins. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. And now I can declare I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of the living God. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I want you to do now? Turn around, shake your friend of your friend's hand, tell them I am a child of God. Amen. Angela, you can shake my hand over here. 